This week on the OneCast, we're joined by professional kayak angler Casey Reed. He walks us through how he got into kayak fishing and how you can get started in fishing in kayak tournaments. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What's going on, OneCast fans? Welcome back to the OneCast, episode... 12 13 27 i'm not sure uh we've been having so much fun that we just quit counting we just keep recording them and putting them out there weekly for y'all uh as always i am pete i'm joined by ben to my right uh and trey directly across from me uh, we're glad to have you back for uh, another episode uh, if you are watching this remember to subscribe like comment uh helps us uh, grow the show also remember to head over to One Cast Fishing. Check out the new snagless jigs and long neck hooks. Uh, we went ahead and designed a EWG hook that eliminated the weed guard on uh, on your jig, so you can expose that hook. Texas rig your soft plastics on a jig. Uh, lots of other creative ways we've come up to fish with them. And other folks have from pulling the skirt off and fishing like a shaky head to. Uh, some really cool stuff with a long neck hook. So make sure you check those out. Use the code the one cast at checkout to save 10%. Uh, I think we just had another order come through uh, using that code. So folks are taking advantage of that, man. We do appreciate that. Uh, we put it out there for, for y'all that are uh, fans of the show and uh, appreciate you using it. And that goes back to, to helping us continue to grow. Ben, you want to talk about where we're going to be next week? Uh, next week. Yeah. Next, uh, next Wednesday, the 22nd, we are, uh, we are leaving to go to the Bassmaster Classic. And so actually this is airing the day after that. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, we are actually in Knoxville right now as you are listening to this. Uh, not as we're well recording though, but we're going to be in booth uh, 4013, which is on the second floor of the Knoxville Con uh, Convention Center. So if you guys are at the Classic, you come to the Expo, come come, come hang out and uh, get some snagless jigs. So, I'm yeah. hoping I make it till day four. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Which is the drive home. <laughs> the drive. <So. laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely looking forward to the classic. Appreciate everyone's support. And uh, God, it feels like we're recording like two, three times a week. I, know. I don't know. If you are watching or listening or watching on Thursday, join us tomorrow, uh, 7 p.m. We're going to go live from our Airbnb at the classic, and we'll talk about uh, – We'll talk about a little bit of what we've seen, what's going on. We're going to shoot for the same 7 p.m. time, but we'll see how things go with getting out of, out of the show. And uh, Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what time does it run to? I think it runs to 7 p.m. So, yeah, it might be 8 p.m., but we're going to go live and try to bring you all a little bit of, you know, a little bit of what yeah. we've seen and, what you know, what's going on and maybe leak some icon, icon boat stuff, which, Casey, before we introduce you, this has been a topic we've talked about, icon boats, right? So why the Marine uh, got the first one in the U.S. delivered, uh, met a guy who inquired about it, it has two 10-inch graphs, uh, no poles, Mercury 250, mm. uh, Lowrance trolling motor. Anybody want to take a guess on price? $150,000. $114,000, that's their base. Uh, if you fully rig it out, poles, the, the whole shebang that you want, you're looking at $143,000. So I was close. You were very close. Taxes, baby. Taxes going to get you. Yeah. Casey, I bet your kayaks are a whole lot cheaper than that. <laughs> I don't know about Casey's. He's got more stuff on his and some bass boats, I think, yeah. <laughs> which I'm excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, Casey's Casey's got probably one of the coolest rigs out in kayak fishing. We've seen it at, uh, at Cash a few times. Um, just one more thing, Trey. You called it, man. Brian Thrift. 
Pulled Ooh. out the W at home at Redcrest. Not only you called it, you talked about it. I think it was like our second or third episode yeah. Yeah. back in January. What a cool deal to see the uh, the hometown boy like bring home the win. I think it was his first win in in the MLF like BPT series, but it was a it was a pretty cool deal. And and I got to catch like the last ten minutes of it. And uh, nobody, there's probably you know like Mike Corbusley knows Falls Lake really well, and we got people that know local lakes. But he is a Lake Norman savant and actually he he wasn't able to really fish lake norman a lot i know he's went through some disasters uh at home with some flooding and stuff like that so he wasn't able to get out on the water but it was amazing to see him pull off that win and if the weights show you anything it was a tough time fishing lake norman and finding a big bite so i think the biggest fish caught was like six pounds six pounds they won Edwin yeah, six, six pounds, pounds but so congratulations to brian thrift it was really cool to see uh, a north carolina guy take home that w and also just real quick one last thing on that what was really cool was the spot where he caught the winning bag on sunday was somewhere he had never fished before he found it in practice so mm-hmm. all that experience on lake norman all those years living there fishing that lake he found something new and 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 won. That's a second three hundred thousand dollar check because he won one in the FLW. So it's because he knew where all the dead water was. That's right. That's He's right. a Forest Wood Cup winner, isn't he? Yeah, he, I think didn't he, won he win the Forest Wood, Wood Cup, Cup too. Yeah. So, but that's enough boat talk. Yeah, we have with us today Casey Reed. Casey is uh, fishes the BSS kayak series, uh, KBF. Uh, I didn't even ask him to list out all the all the accolades he has. We'll let him go through some of those because he is. Uh, He's put together an uh, impressive resume in, in kayak fishing. Uh, one, of the, one of the well-known names, whenever I meet somebody and say I know him, they're like, oh, yeah, we know Casey. So most recently, he won uh, what they call Tour 1. So uh, KBF does two-day two day tournaments, two separate tours. He won day one on Lake Murray uh, about two weeks ago. I think he was second on day two. Uh, and uh, they have a Dakota double up. We, we'll let him talk about a little bit about that. So we have with us Casey Reed, professional bass angler, fishes a uh, KBF professional kayak bass angler because somebody will yell at us and say it's different, but it's not. I mean, you're fishing a high level, uh, fishing the kayak BSS kayak series, uh, KBF well known trails. Uh, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, uh, won the event on Lake Murray, uh, trail one. They have two separate trails. So uh, he won day one, second place on on trail two, and uh, and some some bonus bucks in that one. So uh, Casey, you want to introduce yourself and uh, talk about what you got going on, and uh, don't be afraid to uh, talk about some of the stuff you've won because I know there's a bunch of it. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I'm Casey Reed from like Central Virginia, right around Lynchburg, and uh, you know I've been kind of competitively kayak fishing for I mean really about seven or eight years now, and you know about four or five years ago it just just started doing it i mean i'm not doing it full time i you know i have a full-time job that i do but i kind of am doing it full-time you know so it it's been real fun um as you mentioned we had lake murray uh this was just over two weeks ago and i love that place i always look forward to going down there i always do good and uh yeah i was able to pick up the the win and take home this nice trophy here um I tell you what, Casey, I was going to say, Casey, you're going to have to give me some tips on how to fish Lake Murray. I've only been there a couple times and, and uh, it wasn't a very good experience for me. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've always done good. It really sets up to, to kind of my style of fishing, um, which is funny because like that was my plan going into the tournament and then it just ended up being completely different. But I mean, usually for me, it's like, I love fishing docks. You know, I have Smith mountain Lake, you know, 30 minutes from me here mm-hmm. and I fish that quite a 
bit and just just love skipping docks and and just you know hitting dock after dock and that's usually what i do there um you know throwing a drop shot or a shaky head around the docks and uh usually do pretty good you know i don't never been in contention to win it before down there but um and i mean obviously until this year but i have a lot of fun doing that fishing the docks and and usually can do pretty good you know this year just it was kind of weird how it worked out. Like had a few days of practice and I saw a few fish on beds. The water temperature was like 50, 56 to 58 for most of the time. Um, on the Friday, right before the tournament, the air temperature got up to like 85 that day. Water temperature I was seeing got up to 67. Wow. And uh, those fish just, they, they moved up and they moved up pretty good. And I mean, I didn't quite know it at that point. The, the water was a little bit stained. I couldn't really see the fish, but like I knew I had seen some beds and, um, you know, with that water coming up, but the kind of funny thing was, is the water came up that day, the water temperature rose, but then the next day it dropped right back down. And, you know, we didn't see any sun. The, the air temperature stayed at about 55 to 60 degrees. So that, that water temperature never rose back up during the tournament, but those fish had already moved up and they said they're staying there. And <laughs> I was literally just able to run, run around casting at that. They call it the bank grass down there, but, um, yep just just hitting edges of that bank grass and they they were there mm. uh, is, is there still any uh, grass in the water or on the bottom it's been like i say that because it's been a few years since i've been there i think probably four or five but there was i think hydrilla or something because I was ripping my drop shot through it and bringing it up on the on the weight. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. So there there definitely is. Um, I don't know what type of grass it is. I'm not sure if it's hydrilla or what it is. But th like this past, I guess like the month or two before we were there, they had that lake drawn down over 10 feet mm -hmm. um, oh. to try to kill all that grass. So I didn't see a lot of it in, in that shallower water. But there's definitely still some in that 10 plus foot range. Um, I wasn't able, I, I, I came across some and was marking fish coming in and out of it, but I never was able to catch any of it. But, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, there's still some, there's still some there, but you know, of course they, they're trying to get rid of it, make those, I guess the, the dock owners happy, all the homeowners on the lake. But yeah, I talked to a local, local guy from down there over the weekend at Red Crest. I won't mention his name, but he, he, I was talking to him about Mary and he said, there's still hydrilla on there and the folks that know about it don't say much because they don't want the state and those folks to know where it's at. So apparently there's some patches uh, and they're, they're one of those, uh, those locally kept secrets just because they're, they don't want the state to come in and, and kill it. Um, but it's, it's pretty interesting that you were catching them, you know, moving up on the beds because did anybody else figure that pattern out that you know of? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, there was a couple guys in my area, and I, I kind of talked to them after the event, and the guy, I didn't tell him what I was doing, but he came up to me, and I guess he kind of figured out what I was doing. But um, he said, man, I couldn't catch a fish on a bed to save my life. And <laughs> um, so, so I assume he kind of, just coming up to me randomly and saying that, I assume he kind of figured out that I was doing, I don't know if he saw me or what, but, um, but yeah. There was a few people that had saw it and figured it out, and um, were, were you, it didn't seem like the majority of people were doing that. I think that area of the lake was just I, – I, I don't think they moved up, like, all over the lake. It was, you know, a couple of small areas I feel like mm -hmm. they, they definitely did. Right right place, right time, man. Absolutely. So I, I was going to ask, were you, were you sight fishing, or were you kind of blind casting so, where, you, where you think the maybe a light spot or a darker spot compared to the, the, you know, the bottom of the, so, the lake there? 
the the first day of the tournament that Saturday, we got a bunch of rain that night. It you know where I was, it's it's pretty clear water. You can generally see the bottom at you know at least three foot. Um, but it, it had gotten pretty muddied up. Um, it's funny cause the, the, my last two bites of practice, I was just kind of messing around and I just happened to flip to that bank grass and I, and I, well, I got a bite and I didn't set the hook. I let it swim and I pulled it away from it. And then I flipped about 10 foot past that and, and got another bite and, um, I set the hook and it was a pretty decent fish. And, you know, that's really, that was really what clued me in onto this whole, this whole bite. I, I really still at that point, you know, in the last few minutes of that we had a practice, I still, you know, that still wasn't my plan. I, I had, I didn't know that's what I was going to be doing. Um, but, you know, come, come that first day of the tournament, all that water back there is, is really murky and you can't really see anything. Mm-hmm. And I went, I, I had a plan to start on some schooling fish in the back of that pocket there. And, you know, with that water being just totally muddied up like that just kind of threw a wrench in my plans i wasn't able to catch anything there so i went right to that to that grass line where i caught those two on the the last two of practice and i and i threw my shaky head over there and caught one and then I threw my shaky head again and caught another one. And then so I just I worked that little pocket and I come out of that pocket and right on the little point edge of that pocket, um, I, I could actually see and it was a little bit shallower, but I threw my shaky head up there and, and it was a it was a little male. I mean, it's probably, you know, 12 or 14 inches, but um, it, it freaking hit my worm. <clears throat> and I realized right then it was on a bed. And like right then when I saw that, everything just clicked. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, they've they've moved up on beds and I just ran that pattern for the rest of the day. And just like, you know, I put together a good limit and I was like, you know, it wasn't super impressive. I probably had, I think I had like 86 inches or, or something like that. And, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, I was hoping for, for, you know, mid, mid to high eighties that day, you know, and I felt like I'd be doing pretty good. And so I was already there like pretty early in the morning and I was like, okay, well, I don't know how well the rest of this day is going to go, but I kept doing it and those fish just kept getting bigger and bigger. And I mean, it was, it was just unbelievable. And I think I ended that day with, with 98 and three quarter inches somewhere around there, mm-hmm. which like, I mean, I don't, you, you guys probably aren't super familiar with. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, you're talking like, well, so I do know th- those fish were all super. I, they I'm were sorry, all, what's that? So, it's an average four and a half pounder yeah, per beca- bite, right? Yeah, because at Sharon Harris, a local lake here, the slot limit's 16 to 20 inches. And every time you catch a 19 and 7 it's eighths one, it's like 4.56 yeah. pounds. Yeah. As soon as you get 20 inches, <laughs> yeah. it's a five pounder. <laughs> so, Casey, would you uh, would you consider yourself addicted to the sport? Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, I... I yeah, I, I, I live and breathe <laughs> fishing and, and kayak fishing particularly like uh, i love i love the kayak fishing aspect of it um and it's it's so much fun and it's it's so easy to get into and i mean if you look at our payouts versus a lot of the boat tournament payouts like our payouts are really good yeah um considering the 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 amount of overhead that you have with a boat and and all the expenses and stuff let's you're, you're from virginia originally right so uh am i correct on that 
Yeah, I mean, I've lived here. I wasn't born here, but yeah, I've been here since I was like six years old. So, so yeah, I, I say I'm from Virginia. Okay, right on. Let's uh, let's visit that. Like, so how did how did this get started? How did bass fishing or fishing in general uh, become a part of Casey's life? So, I mean, I you know, I grew up around here hitting the creeks and stuff and ponds behind the house and, you know, just messing around, th- you know, throwing whatever. Um, you know, I kind of got out of fishing once I started getting into high school, getting into other things and whatnot. But, um, you know, it's kind of funny. I was at the beach one time and we walked by the pier and they had some fishing rods for rent. And I decided to rent a fishing rod and go out there and try, you know, saw people catching all sorts of stuff. And so I just, you know, got some shrimp and went out there. And literally that's what, like, that's what got me back into it. it was, I remember getting back from that beach trip and like I'd, I'd got some rods and just I'd go to all the little ponds around here and I really started fishing and, and doing that after work all the time. And, um, you know, I had a, had a girlfriend at the time and she had bought us two i mean cheap kayaks you know they're like 150 dollars kayaks but um we got out on the water and just just kept fishing more and more and you know i just started upgrading kayaks from there and i mean it's been on ever since and you know i found out that there was a little local club in the area that you know they they had like like seven to ten people that would come fish tournaments all the time and you know i kind of got in with them and really found out what the tournament thing was about. You know, I'm super competitive, so, like, that fell right in along with it. And uh, I, I started my own kayak fishing trail shortly after that, and, you know, we grew to, you know, we'd have in up to 40, 40 anglers fishing, you know, around here in Virginia. We kind of travel around, fish, fish a pretty big region here in Virginia, and, uh, you know, just fishing more and more myself with kbf and you know traveling to the national championship and you know hitting all events from florida to new york to to like louisiana um i mean just just started real realizing what was possible within this sport and and fishing more and more and you know started doing better and better over the years and and um you know, finally, finally got a couple wins under my belt, and and uh, you know, finally got this this last win. That's been about three years since I've won. I guess I think my last win was in 2020, and uh, it felt really good to to hold up this trophy again after after a few years. So, where was your first I mean, win? So my first win would have been Lake Anna here in Virginia, I believe. Okay, was that a local club tournament? No, I mean, my, yeah, that was my first like national trail okay, win okay. so that was that was the kbf event yeah um how is lake anna and, and i asked that because i i did live in virginia for 10 or 12 years of my life although i was further east but i always have buddies go to lake anna like pleasure boating i never hear anyone talk about bass fishing lake anna so how is it oh man gunfish tv That's i don't know if you are. guys watch his youtube channel and in case you might be able to uh, talk about that too if you if you watch him but he, that's a warm water discharge lake if i'm not mistaken i think there's a hot, yeah, hot side and a yeah cold and he's uh constantly fishing that but yeah going back to ben's uh question sorry to interrupt there but jump right in casey yeah so i think as far as i know i'm not super familiar with it that was actually only my second time well no i've probably been on it like three times before before i, I won that event on there but um yeah, they. I think there's a there's a hot side, which is is the private side. So I don't think you can actually get there. 
Um, they, there may be some sort of discharge from there into the. I'm not, I'm not even sure if that's the case or not. But but yeah, if you if you find people that are fishing the warm side, it's it's all private over there, mm-hmm. and you you can't get a boat in there. Um, but um, yeah, as far as I know, there's a lot of people. I've, I've heard it called uh, like all one fish Anna. Like it can be a tough fishery, you know. See? I don't think it's See, got. I knew I had my information right. There. Um, but uh, but I mean, again, it, it it's one of those lakes that kind of sets up just exactly what I like to do. I mean, it I literally was dock fishing, skipping shaky heads under the docks. Um, it was about the fish were spawning during the time, but I didn't really focus on that. I don't think it was a heavy spawn right then, but there was some, definitely some fish up shallow. Um, but but literally, I just I just was fishing dock after dock and just. Had, had a nice little run that I did and, and, you know, was able to, was able to catch him pretty good that day. Casey's a shaky head and power shot aficionado. Aficionado? Aficionado? That shaky head, that shaky, that shaky head fits right in here in North Carolina. Yeah. In the Piedmont think, region. I don't throw it enough. But I know, I know he, you, Casey, love that power shot with the big worms and stuff. You catch, I've seen some of the photos, some of the fish you catch doing that and, I keep saying I'm going to do it, but uh, <laughs> I never do, and I, I need to because it obviously works. Um, so you you started local club KBF, and then uh, did you start right away when Bass started their kayak series? Well, were you in on the kind of ground level with that? Yeah, I definitely was. I was at the first event, and, um, you know, I haven't fished them all, but I fished most of them, I think. Well, I think I missed a couple last year just because I ended up falling out of the AOI points race. And um, there was a few that were a pretty, pretty long travel. So I decided to bow out of those. But yeah, it was pretty cool. So like I'm affiliated with Old Town. Um, I'm on their pro team. And they they jumped right in when, when, when Bass started the kayak series sponsoring the event. So, so they've really you know wanted us all to to fish that and they've done a great job at, at helping promote that and um you know they they have a team that goes out to well they had a team that went out to all the events that first year and they do they do whole videos live live streams and stuff kind of like you know just updating the event updating what all all of the the pro team was doing like it's pretty cool stuff to see um a company do that you know it's it's very i mean we all see it kind of in the in the bass boat world with the bigger events but like you don't really see that kind of sponsor involvement um in in the kayak series so it's really awesome to see them really get involved and and send teams out to these events you know for with mm-hmm. spare parts and you know all ju- just to be there and and help promote like it's it's really cool and i'm i'm super stoked to be a part of that team yeah we talked uh we talked at redcrest casey and i over the weekend and uh, i brought up that you know the companies that are getting getting in bigger into the kayak industry seem to be super supportive of those trails like with contingency programs and and like he said sending people to uh to events you know hobie started their own trail the hobie bos you know series and then old town so it's a lot like uh for folks that are familiar with the boat side when you have an elite event or a big event you know you know lawrence and humminbird and all them send reps with with spare parts and graphs and whatever they can in case something goes down on, on one of those anglers boats to help them so to see see that translating over you know and have an old town there to support you hey, um casey awesome. When was that? Uh, when was that first bass event that you fished? So, so it was with the classic. The classic. Well, we fished uh, Logan. 
Logan Martin. Um, would the classic have been Hartwell? I guess I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was. It was like three three years ago. I so think. last year was Hartwell. Three, the year before was was Knoxville, right? And the no. year before that was Hartville. No, Hartwell. Hartwell. It went Knoxville, Hartwell, Texas, Hartwell. So yeah, it would have been Hartwell okay, either way. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was. It's only been four or five years at the most, which uh, yeah, at the most. uh, But hopefully, we'll continue to see more and more companies do that. And I I think you know, kayak fishing uh, has become more popular. and certainly, I think you start seeing some bigger names in it, and, and with the payouts and tournaments going that way, obviously there's 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 more money involved too, and more eyeballs get on it. So hopefully that will continue, and that's awesome that those companies are getting out there to. I mean, I I guess I can go through my mind and think of some scenarios like some issues with their kayak breaking on the water, um, but that's so that's awesome that they're there to to, to immediately help 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 uh, repair that. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're all pretty much everybody's running like either a pedal drive or a motor or both. So, I mean, you, you kind of still have, you have a lot of the same kind of issues that you can see, you know, other guys have, you know, it's just electronic, something could happen with it, you know, um, the pedal drives, you know, you can break props or, or you know, run into a stump or something and, and break something. So, yeah, I mean, it's awesome to have, have their support there. Um, not only with that, but just, just there, like at the, at our championships, they're there, you know, interviewing us, you know, we all meet up kind of, uh, after the tournament's over, after day one's over, and they just they interview us on a live stream. How you know how your day went? You know, just talking about talking about the day and 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 whatever. But I mean, it's just from everybody that I've talked to, they love seeing that as well. And I mean, it's awesome because because you just don't really we, we haven't really had that before. It's always the if the whoever whatever tournament it is you're fishing, you know, they're the only ones that are that would be there to you know at the awards do a live stream or something. But but to have a company there, you know, covering the event like 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 an, any kind of news agency would really, you know? So like, it, it's just, I, I think it's really cool to, to have that. And I'm, I'm so pumped for it. And, you know, they're, they're planning on doing it again this year. Um, they've already kind of sent out the details and I think they're going to, they're going to talk about, you know, the, you know, they're old town. So, so they really focus on the old town team, but I think this year they're going to kind of expand that and talk to some of the other anglers as well that aren't necessarily in old towns, but just just to even further help promote our sport, even though that, you know, those people aren't necessarily on the team or in Old Town stuff. But it's still, you know, it's just it's it's good for everybody when mm. when a company's taking that initiative to to do that. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. So Old Town's obviously a, a big a big help and in, in one of your your sponsors. And without going into details, I know. Another question we get is like, is there good sponsor support in in kayak fishing when you get to those higher levels and you have success? Sort of, you know, you see you see the boat guys get money towards entry fees and things like that. Is that starting to grow uh, where where they're helping pay some of that stuff for you as you uh, as you get into these higher level tournaments? I know the entry fees are still relatively low, but I mean, at six hundred bucks, six hundred bucks. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I mean. There, there's definitely some of that support. Um, I, I don't know how many companies are out there doing that kind of thing, but I mean, I, I definitely, you know, definitely get some some monetary support through some of the companies that I work with, and um, others others that I know do as well. Um, but you're, you're, you know, you're not talking the majority of the field is getting that. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's, it's growing and old town's been kind of leading the charge on, on, you know, 
putting their team together and, and showing support for us. I really think the other companies are going to, if they haven't noticed already, they're going to start to see that and, and really take notice just because, I mean, it, it's obvious, I think to, to just about everybody the, that, that old town is, is putting their money where their mouth is and really helping support the anglers and the sport and um you know i i really hope these other companies just take notice and and realize that they're gonna have to start doing that as well i i that's probably gonna happen more and more often mm-hmm. eventually eventually i could see every single kayak out there being wrapped you know at a certain level like they'll probably eventually develop so you have different tiers like you do on the other on the other you know i guess you're boating boating yeah. side when you when you see K, you know kbf as an independent quote unquote organization and you see now bass jumping in and and bass elite series guys jumping into kayak and then yeah. i don't know how i'm not going to start a debate with the kayak guys how they feel about that but you know ike and ellie has done it uh who just won the it was the like palma the, yeah yeah just won yeah. the bss event it was like his third time in a kayak um it's hard to not see companies going that direction when when you get somebody like bass with the growth of kbf you know, Old Town, like you said, you, and your, some of your other folks, like I know you work closely with Dakota, you know, obviously they sponsor the elites as, as the official battery of uh, the elite series, you know, and, and sponsoring kayak guys and supporting you also. You're starting to see that crossover more and it'll probably be like a bass cat kayak here in a couple of years, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's, a, it's just another opportunity for these companies to get their name out there and, and market in a different venue. It's still fishing, but it's a different method. And, uh, you know, and, and that's a good question for business owners, right? Like, are you going to withdraw support for, because it takes so much money to sponsor boating events and, and elite series stuff. And they're probably never going to withdraw that support, but I'm wondering as much as the kayak industry is growing and businesses knowing like, it's probably not taking as much money to invest into the kayak series as it does like the elites. Are they going to start withdrawing some support to shift that money around and push it towards the kayaks or other forms of fishing? I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about. And Casey, we'll have you talk on it, but and we we talked with Corey uh, two episodes ago when Corey drivers mm-hmm. on we talked about it. But the way kayak fishing is accessible to everybody, we can all talk about it and claim that that boat fishing is too because you can fish as a co angler and stuff. But it's not well, not at the level where you can make your own decisions. You can learn how to do things your way, own your own rig, as it is in kayak fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think it, I think that's true. It's just the, the delta, the cost difference, right, between the upper tier and stuff you have to have on, say, a, a professional boating uh, circuit versus the kayak. And plus, it, in, in Casey, it, it probably, I mean, this is probably pros and cons as you think about strategy because you're so much limited on space. Uh, I would assume your garage or your tackle shack is absolutely packed because <laughs> you can't store it in the boat you i mean you get you gotta each event you have to take what you think you need yeah i mean it's definitely it's definitely different and i like you know i didn't come from fishing from bass boats so i never i've always done it that way so like it's not really it, it's not different for me yeah but um but I mean, I, I have like my vehicles just loaded down. I have I have tubs full of stuff, you know. Probably don't need half of it most of <laughs> yeah. the time. Going shaky head, anyways. That's but, right. Um, Tell that shaky head. Sounds man. like just have a whole box full of shaky heads, and you'll be That's good it. to go. That's all you need. I, I've got some. Um, yeah. If you guys want to play along, I've got some um, just kayak fishing questions for you uh, because. 
I mean, full disclosure here, and hopefully the audience knows by now that uh, myself and Pete and Trey, we're not, uh, we rarely kayak fish. I've only gone a few times about my wife's little cheap kayak. I think Pete has a few times. I don't know, Trey, if you've ever gone actual kayak fishing or very much, but not, uh, not out of anything other than a sun dolphin. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so Casey, you were talking about, you love skipping docks and all. I would imagine your rod and reel and kind of your setup and maybe even how you lay out your actual kayak where you place your different maybe electronics, batteries, et cetera, would affect your ability to do that. So kind of break it down for us. If, if, if we want to hop on a kayak and skip, skip docks, make it easy for us. I mean, again, like you mentioned, it, it all depends on like how your kayak set up. I mean, you definitely got to take that into account. I mean, me personally, it doesn't, my graphs don't really affect me. I, ha I have two 10 inch helixes kind of stacked on top of each other on, on the uh, right hand side of my kayak. And, and I can skip, you know, I, I cast right over top of those, but you know, it's a, I mean, obviously skipping your, your, your side casting anyways, you're not really over the hand, but you know, w we all always have our rods kind of stacked up behind us. Um, I'm, I'm sure y'all probably seen that before, but yeah. you know, you usually have some sort of crate, um, and, and just all the rods, rods right behind us. But, um, and, and that, that's definitely tricky too, especially if you're coming from a bass boat, you know, if you're just used to yeah. going over your shoulder and make a bomb in a cast, you know, you gotta be aware of, of those rods behind you. <laughs> I mean, even when but, I'm um, skipping, I've hit my console several times, oh, right? <laughs> you know, try to see yes. Yeah. There's nothing worse when you're going to yep. make that cast, you bang it off the trolling motor head. Or the look top of your graph. Yeah, top of the graph. Yeah, I broke a graph one time. So you stand, I'm guessing you're standing to skip, right, Casey? I mean, you're not trying to not do that. Not all sitting. the time, no. I mean, I, I've gotten really good sitting sitting skipping, mm -hmm. and um, but but I do stand a lot and do it. It just kind of depends on really the, the weather conditions. If it's and just, I don't know uh, how I'm feeling that day, I guess. But but like, yeah, I've, I mean, <clears throat> in, in the kayak, I had before this one, I didn't stand a whole lot in it. I mean, you definitely could, but but I sat most of the time. This kayak is just so stable that I can literally stand in it all day long. Um, so so yeah, I mean, you got the option to. It, 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 in some of the kayaks, you can stand skip. Um, that, that definitely does help out in a lot of situations. But um, but again, like like I can do it sitting down as well. You kind of have to same things to watch out for. You know your graft, your trolling motor. But um, but I mean it's one of those things where like if you do it enough, where where you know you you know where you need to have that rod to to not smack into those. And I mean obviously you'll do it every once in a while. But um, but you really learn how to how to how to manage um you know, get, getting those perfect casts with, with that stuff around you. What is your, so for, if, if I'm someone new starting out, like what is your recommendation for the size of rod, the action, the line, the reel, all that stuff for skipping? Like, are you skipping shaky heads and jigs or what are we talking about skipping here? Yeah. I mean, most of the time I'm shipping, skipping shaky heads. Okay. Um, I, skip a drop shot a little bit Alabama um, <laughs> yeah I don't know if I'm skipping that anywhere but um I'm just anything you know I mean I've, I've skipped some spinner baits a little bit uh chatter baits for sure um but but mainly like yeah your your jigs and and shaky head kind of deal so what's your setup for that like rod reel line stuff like that I mean most of the time I'm throwing throwing my shaky head on a on a seven seven two um and I got 
I, I run 30 pound braid backing and like anywhere from, I guess like 14 to 18 pound, pound, uh, four Oh, uh, for the leader. Um, it, it if, if I know I'm just going to be skipping docks, I will go to a little bit shorter of a rod. I mean, like a, like a six, nine or seven foot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that seven, two, I've gotten pretty good at, at being pretty accurate skipping with that. And, uh, and, and so, and, and that's what, you know, that's just a good all around rod for me. So that's honestly what I have most of the time. But like I said, if I, if I know it's just going to be nothing but skipping docks, like, yeah, I may go to a little bit shorter of a rod. I, don't, I, I mean, don't, as far as, oh, other, go ahead. Sorry. As far as like other techniques and stuff, like, I mean, people always say, well, you know, I like shorter rods in a kayak. I mean, for me, it doesn't really, the only, the, the biggest thing is like, um, like jerk baiting or something, you know, where you're, I, I smack the water a whole lot, like having a, a, a lot of shorter rod for that. Cause, cause even if you're standing in a kayak, you're still not as far off the water as you are in like a bass boat. Mm-hmm. So, so having a shorter rod there is nice. Um, but I mean, it just comes with, everybody does something a little bit different. I mean, if, if you've done it before, just like, I just recommend sticking with like what, what you're familiar with. Yeah. And, if it works, you have confidence in it. Yeah. If you can't tie yeah, a knot, I mean, tie a lot, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting, uh, Casey. I I am not a braid to fluoro uh, guy when it comes to bait casters, and I know Ben is real big uh, on that. Ben, he uses that. My partner that uh, just texted me a minute ago, Alan, he's fished with me a lot, and he does the exact same thing. I don't know if you do that, Pete, straight but. I that is such a that is such a preference thing. I I do not feel comfortable with braid to floral on a casting rod. I even tried it this past summer uh, with pop bars and and putting mono to to braid and just try, I just could not stand it. Hmm. So like when I skip, why and why I can't, why can't you stand I, it? I just there's something about it. Like I feel like my castability is less. Like I just I don't I don't know. Anyways. It's just interesting. So that braid to floral concept, like I give you guys a lot of props because it feels so awkward to me. Like when I have that rigged up, the only braid to floral I go is drop shots and wacky rigs. And that's the pretty much the only two. I don't know about you, Casey, but the reason why I do it is one, if I do backlash, the backlash is a lot less intrusive mm-hmm. with braid typically. And then as I go throughout a season, I'm just replacing the leader all the time mm-hmm. instead of replacing the, you know, once you strip off 20 or 30 you know, yards of line, you should probably reline the whole yep. thing. Otherwise people make fun of you in videos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you fish every day, I mean, it happens, but you know, yeah. you run down line. That, that's why typically I like running braid the leader on mine. I don't yeah. know about the whole sensitivity thing and all that, but it's, it comes down to a practicality. What about you, Casey? What's your reasons for it? Yeah. I mean, those are, those are two big reasons. I mean, for sure. Like uh, I, I fish straight fluoro on, on, a few different setups like it makes me so nervous like when, when you get a big backlash in there and like that your line gets crimped a little bit that just scares me you know it, it gets crimped way down in there and it's like man i don't want to cut off all this line but it, it, i just feel like that makes me real nervous and, and yeah that's a big reason for it and, and, think, um, and how many rods do you usually carry on your uh, kayak I, I usually carry up to 10 rods usually oh, wow. like nine. That's more than I expected. <laughs> I was thinking maybe like four. We're going to go into Casey's setup. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there in a second. Because <laughs> what I was going to suggest is uh, that that would make sense too. You know, you can't just, oh, I backlash. I'm just going to throw this back in the rod locker and 
pick up another rod yeah that can do the same technique because we we all you know oh, yeah. we all have tons extra stuff in our, in our but yeah i was telling somebody the other day they were like well what do you how many rods you carry in your I'm like, well, I usually have like at least six on the deck and then probably 30 in the locker. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you got to have them. Even though I use those same six every week, you got to have them other 30 just in case. Yeah. yeah. that's the, You got to open your rod locker and take pictures of them and post them on Instagram to make it seem like you're that's professional. That's what I do. <laughs> I feel personally attacked right now. <laughs> no, I do too. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, I did braid the fluoro on bait casters for a long time. I learned more science about line and it didn't it didn't seem necessary to me plus i got hooked up and, and got a deal on fluorocarbon and i just for me fluorocarbon handles better like I, i'm just more comfortable with it yeah and, um and i yeah i agree i don't know a whole but i think in case like stuff and all that i think for a kayak i might rethink that because like you said even 10 rods like and you're limited like in my boat i have the six or seven rods i use main i have a couple spares but then i always have like two or three extra reels shoved in a compartment it, somewhere. In, in Casey, how much extra line do you bring with you? Oh, you don't want to ask I mean, I bring, I bring about five or six spools of line with me. Um, well, where's you know, all, usually. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about your it, setup. Where's all this room at? I mean, dude, it's, I got the Old Town Auto, Sportsman Autopilot 136. I mean, it's a, it's a beast of a kayak. Um, it, it's got a lot of room on there. I mean, I, I carry... I carry more stuff than, than most people. And again, like I don't end up using half of it a lot of times, but, but there's quite a bit of room on there. And, uh, I mean, I have some, uh, good videos on my YouTube channel that if, if anybody's listening and kind of wants to go check it out, like you can kind of see my full setup. But, um, I mean, it, when I say it's it, and Pete, Pete said it too, it's, it's, it's a fully rigged kayak. I mean, it's, it's I got a lot of stuff on there. Why don't you um, just just talk about? Uh, I know you have the crate system. You know you carry however many Plano boxes that, but talk about your trolling motor, electronics, and and uh, your battery setup because I think you probably have one of the one of the more elaborate and and rig boats that way than than a lot of folks. So just just to give people an idea that are listening, you know, make sure you go check out his YouTube channel because he does have some really cool rigging videos when he rigged his new one and stuff. But just for folks that might just listen. Like, just talk about that, your electronic setup, including your trolling motor and batteries. Yeah, so, I mean, once I get done explaining this to you, you're going to be like, well, you just have a, a mini bass boat is basically what you have with, with without a without a motor on the back. Um, so I have a – it's a 45-pound thrust um, Minn Kota power drive motor. Um, it's actually built into the kayak. Uh, it's not quite like a lot of, a lot of kayakers now are putting like actual bow mounts on their kayak. Um, it's very, very similar to that, except it's, it's not up on the bow. It's about two feet back. Um, it acts exactly like a bow mount would basically, and, and controls the boat like, like any bow mount would. Is that spot lock? Um, got spot lock. Yep. Um, and, and that's ran off of a, a 135 amp hour, Dakota lithium battery and that you know the, the the kayak's basically built around this motor so the the battery is under the seat and I have a you know a battery box that goes in and a little meter that I've installed on it that'll tell me exactly like how much battery life I have left um then for like the electronics I have I mentioned it already but I have two helix tens um kind of stacked on top of each other on the on the right hand side of the kayak. I have my Mega 360 right in front of that. 
and then I have my Mega Live mounted right next to my seat so I can control it really easily. And all that's ran to, I have four batteries, I have four 23 amp hour batteries ran in parallel that are installed inside the hole of the kayak. And those like, basically none of my batteries ever come out. I can easily take out the, the 135 amp battery for the motor, but that just stays in there. Um, I have a, a two bank, uh, the, the Minkota charger that's installed inside the kayak as well. So literally all I have to do is just like you would a bass boat, you know, back in the driveway, plug it up and everything's charging and ready to go for the next day. Hey, you heard that back. There's no pulling or carrying this kayak anywhere. I yeah, don't think. What, there, there's still more. <laughs> What's on the back of your kayak? So I have, I have two of the micro power poles installed on the, on the back of the kayak as well. And I think you were, I've seen more folks doing it now, but I, I feel like you were the first one to do the, the dual micro power poles. Uh, most folks has had one. I know I saw a few other uh, folks running two this year, but when I saw that, I was like, yeah, he's, he does just have a basket <laughs> in, in a smaller platform. So what's the but, overall weight outside of the tackle and, and, and stuff like that? How much does your kayak weigh? I have no idea. <laughs> I'm kind of scared to know, but um, I, I do, I do want to get that weight. Uh, w one day I'll take it up here and, 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 and have everything weighed and see how much, see how much altogether it weighs. It's not but a yeah, one man lift. Like, it's probably a four. No, you're lift. definitely not lifting it. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, it, it's on a trailer. I, I can back it in the water. I, I back the trailer in the water. Pull it, pull it up on the trailer. Um, yeah, that thing's. A, I'm, I'm not lifting that thing. Um, I wouldn't <laughs> ask anybody to try to lift it. it. It's like, uh, it's like a Tesla kayak. It's just built around the battery. Yeah. It's like that's pretty amazing. And when you see it, like it is awesome. And I'll let you know next time he comes down to cash and has it with him. Cause it's, I think it's awesome that you're able to put all that stuff on a kayak and you're still a quarter of what you have in a bass boat. Yeah. You know, out, and, uh, with electronics, batteries, you know, that's a, that's a quarter of your boat when you buy one and you're able to, you're able to get out there with everything that everybody else has. You see on TV, all that stuff, you see the big pros using and, uh, and you're doing it in, in a package. And Casey, I think you kind of innovated with a lot of that stuff. And and uh, you're the only one I've seen with 360 on. I'm sure there's a few more folks, but I know you did that. And then then the Mega Live when it came out, because you are, uh, he is uh, Humminbird Minkota staff as well on their pro staff. Um, so it's awesome. Casey, how many, how many podcasts is it going to take until bass boat people stop comparing boats to kayaks? Oh, I mean, there's, there's no telling. I don't know if it'll, <laughs> it'll ever happen. It's gotten a lot better over the yeah. years. Like, like the, uh, boaters used to look at me like I was freaking crazy. And now they're like, Oh man, that's freaking cool. You know, mm -hmm. like, um, and, and you still get it all the time. You'll get random people commenting on stuff. Well, why don't you just get a bass boat? And, <laughs> and like, you know, I try to reason with them a little bit to a certain extent, but you know how social media is. You can't reason with anybody. Oh, but no. like, yeah, don't, no. don't get me started just, down that rabbit hole. It's the simple answer is it's cause I want to. Exactly. Yeah. Well, well that, that's, that, that, that's a big thing. Yeah. Because I want to, but I mean, it's also like, like, yeah, I mean, if I want to try to, you know, get a top of the line bass boat, um, you know, I need a truck to pull it. I got to put gas in it every time, you know, there's more electronics going on. It's just so much more expensive. I mean, they're like, well, you can buy, you can buy a boat for that. Well, yeah, I could go buy a used boat or, you know, a little, a little tiny boat, but I'm not going to be at the same level in 
in the boat world as I am now in the kayak world That's for right. the same amount of money. They're like, yeah, you can get out on the water and do it, but you're not going to be, you're, you're going to be behind the game now. Whereas now, like I'm kind of ahead of the game, you know, or, or equal with everybody. Um, so, and, and yeah, like you said, just because I want to, like, like I, I absolutely love this. I mean, yeah, I've, I've honestly been thinking about getting a, 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 you know, a used little bass boat or something recently to fish some of these tournaments here at Smith mountain Lake. But I mean, this kayak fishing, I, I love it. And I really want to see it grow to where we have a, a true professional series out there where, where, you know, the, a, a good amount of us can, can do this for a living and, and truly make a living off of it. No, that's good. We we definitely want to talk about that. So you talked about being ahead of the game. Uh, you wouldn't be in the game if you had like a, a small little John boat, you know, spending all that money on a boat and a truck and stuff like that. But you're, you're definitely on the, the, the leading edge of, of the competition with the setup and everything that you have. Let's talk about getting into the game and you, you kind of broke it down. Like you, you got into it, just walking past some fishing rides that were for, for rent. And then it just transpired from there. And, and here you are fishing, you know, at the high, one of the highest levels in competitive bass yeah. fishing out of kayaks. For those who are listening, how does somebody get started in, in the competitive kayak fishing world? Real, real quick, Casey, before you jump on that, I just want to add on to Trey, you know, <clears throat> and, and what you said about not being at the same level. I know that, that I look at, at yourself and, and folks like Jody, Jody Queen and, and Corey Dreyer and Christine and uh, Christine Fisher and those folks, y'all are fishing like at the elite series level in the kayak. It, it may not be there. Like you said, you're hoping for that professional level series where you can make a living at it. But, you know, that drew gregory you know there, there's a lot of big names and there's a lot of folks that are up and coming what's cool about it is anybody can fish that trail at that level with those people as of right now now i'm sure casey you and you can allude to it as we go through how to get started that that there's some that you need to qualify for and things like that but i think it's really cool that it truly is like you hear people complain all the time when bass went to the the eqs and, and the things that change oh you took the working man out of it well Here's a working man's way to fish at a high level against some straight sticks. You know what? That's why I'm going to start responding to people on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. You want the working man tour? Go get a kayak. Go, Go get, get a, a kayak. kayak. Because they, I mean, they are. I know? mean, Casey, because you're work, you said you're working full time and you're also doing this yep. kayak thing full time. Yep. So how so, do you do it? Let us, how do you do it? So if somebody else wants to, they can um, take you, you know, take some inspiration and whatever their circumstances are, they can adapt to that. Yeah, I mean, so there's basically there's three national trails that are out there. There's KBF, there's the Hobie BOS series, and there's there's the Bassmaster Kayak series. Um, all of those are open events. Anybody can can you know either pay to be a member, you know, which is which is relatively cheap uh, for KBF. I think they're the well KBF and Bass have have membership fees, but um, but anybody can buy into that and and travel to an event and fish it. Um, there's, there's every state, uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, 99% of the states out there have, have some sort of local club. Um, if not two, three, four, five local clubs that, that you can get with and fish. And, and a lot of these guys that are fishing these national trails also fish with their, with their local club series as well. Mm -hmm. Um, like v Virginia, for example, has, 
uh, Virginia Kayak Trail. They have the Northern Virginia Kayak Anglers. Um, uh, there's the Bass Cast. Um, you and then North Carolina has like three or four. I mean, you have Queen City down there. They're huge. Yep. Uh, you know, they they're pulling like. Oh, I think well over a hundred at pretty much every event that they have. Yeah, um, and they pull. At, they pull from North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia. That's that's a huge club. Yeah, and you have CKA. You know they they've been around for a long time, and and you know they run a a great club there. And then there's there's a couple other smaller ones that are around. So I mean there's there's literally opportunity everywhere, and um like the the easiest thing for me is just i mean or or for somebody to get into it just search on facebook uh kayak club whatever state you're in um search on google you know kayak club whatever state you're in and and you're gonna find something and and hopefully it's like pretty close to you because because they're like i said there's usually multiples around each state and um you know they have events usually it's like i think most of them are once maybe twice a month you know and it's just pretty laid back kind of stuff and um you know where you can really get to know people and 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 kind of a a big difference from from what i've seen i've fished a few bass boat tournaments here locally and stuff but but the kayak world is just so accepting of everybody and like they're really there to to help you out like in the bass boat world you, you're not getting anybody sharing any information or anything <laughs> like that but like and i mean there there's like, like at these local clubs, man, people are going to tell you they're, they're going to help you out. Um, 90% of the time, you know, they're, they're going to, if you're not catching anything and, and you see them catching fish, like they're going to help you out. Like it, it, it's, it's really cool aspect of the sport where, where they, they really take the people that, that aren't, aren't doing great or new to it and really help them out with whether it's, you know, catching fish or just, you know, what kayak to get in or, you know, Hey, you can try my kayak out. You know, you may, this kayak may be better for you. You may want to get one of these one day, you know, get in mine and then test it out and see. Like it's, it's, it's just an awesome aspect of the sport that I think, um, really doesn't happen in in the bass boat world yeah i mean took the words out of my mouth yeah i mean that's i love to hear that's happening when i first joined my first bass club you know the one of the reasons why when i wanted to get into tournament fishing that was it was pitched to me to help learn more about it and it it wasn't really quite like that and i i don't know pete and trey your Mm. experience is right there is right it's not super competitive uh, you know, cause you're not fishing at the highest level and for tens of thousands of dollars and, and, and these smaller clubs. So it's, it's more of a fun kind of like gentleman's term, but there's right. There's still some competition involved yeah. and you don't want to give up your stuff because you want to beat your buddy and the boat next to you. So I will say like hundred percent agree with what Casey said, being, being around in the, in the fishing industry and, and different events and meeting, meeting folks that fish both or one or the other the kayak community is 10 times more welcoming i'm on all the kayak groups just because of our business with the podcast and 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 the jig company and then you know working with some rod company stuff so i can keep up with what's going on when somebody asks a question in one of the kayak fishing groups there's a hundred answers yeah that are serious trying to help this person answers to the point i've seen casey in those groups say hey DM me and we'll, you know, I'll help you however I can. You don't, you ask a question in the bass group, like boat group, half the time it's spend time on the water and figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe you should quit fishing and do something else. Uh, quit your internet scout. Well, you know, and it, it's, 
like we've said on here a hundred times, everybody wants to grow the industry until it's time to grow the industry. And then, and then it's uh, it's all a big secret. But Casey's Casey hit the nail on the head. The kayak, there, it's a whole different culture over there. Casey, you 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 uh, you brought up the the bass the bass boat tournament side of it, and 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 I think a lot of it is like guys let this arbitrary pride get in the way of like good sportsmanship and just like building genuine relationships. And I walked away from my club. I was a part of it for a couple of years and I love the guys and then they're, they're all great guys, but I joined it for the reasons that Ben talked about and, and what Pete said, like I wanted to learn, man, like I'm a Northern guy, like this is a whole different ball game down here. And, uh, finding somebody that is willing to just share knowledge with you is, is few far in between. So if you're cultivating a culture like that, then I don't want to be a part of that. So it's good to hear that the kayak industry is, is really opening the doors to every bit, everybody, um, because that's what we need in the sport. No one's asking for your, your, uh, your waypoints and hell, even if they are, and you're not fishing on the same day as them, give it to them, you know, like help them out, help them catch a fish, keep them coming back for more. What's the old saying? A rising tide raises all kayaks. Yeah, I will. I will say that anybody wants to share waypoints, uh, the one cast podcast at gmail.com and I'll, I'll take care of them for you. No, but, but seriously, um, yeah, Casey, Casey's being one hundred percent truthful. When we heard Corey talk about it, uh, and as we have other folks that do the kayak thing on, you'll hear it that it 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 pains me a little bit that it's not because that's what we, we yeah. all sitting in this room and what Casey, you know, on the other line, we want to see the whole fishing industry from bass boat to kayak to the guy beating the bank from the shore, have that same warm, welcoming, I'll help you out however I can environment. And, uh, you, you're, you guys are leading the way and, and you know, what's funny is I'm starting to see it more from like the higher level guys. Yeah. You're starting to see the elite guys put videos out telling you exactly what they're doing in their tournaments, showing the baits they're using. Uh, and everybody knows that I'm not the hugest, biggest Scott Martin fan, but he was one of the first to do it. But now you're starting to see guys like John Cruz putting that stuff out. Um, Zaldane, man, you want to talk about like movie level production quality stuff. Mm-hmm. And then on yeah. the kayak side, like, uh, Christine Casey, you know, she does a great job of putting, putting content out on what she's doing down to the bait she's using and stuff like that. Uh, Casey puts, puts a lot of stuff out there, tournament recaps and stuff, talking about what he did. You know, he just shared exactly what he did on Murray. Yep. Uh, you, you don't always get that. No, you don't. And I mean, look at Milliken's uh, video he just released. I mean, he's doing a great job fishing the uh, elite qualifiers this year and he's breaking, he's telling everybody exactly what he's doing and almost where he's doing it at, right? Because he knows he's not going to fish against them again, most likely. He's not going to be on that same body of water as them. And not saying you need to go that far. And Casey, we're not generalizing the entire bass boat you know, world, uh, cause there are a bunch of great programs out there. And we talked about it in one of our old shows or one of our old shows, uh, one of our <laughs> previous shows, uh, you know, the Collins, uh, uh, bass for cash has a great youth program that gets the, the younger population involved. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. And then I did want to ask that about the kayak world. First of all, what's the age you have to be to fish at the competitive level you're at? And then B, uh, if there is an age limit, do you have youth divisions? So there's, there's really not a lot of youth divisions in the, the bigger trail series, the national trail series. Um, but there's not really an age limit either. I think basically most of them just, if, if you're under 18 or 16 or whatever, 
it's like there's an extra form that your parents have to sign for you to to be able to compete. Okay, it's so funny. We'll go back to it was Santi Cooper probably four or five years ago. Um, his last name's blanking on me right now. I can't believe I'm forgetting it. But but this uh, Dylan, he was I think he was 14 years old at the time. He literally, his dad literally drives him from I don't know where they're Illinois somewhere up north. It was a long drive. They they come down and Dylan, fourteen years old, wins the freaking Santee Cooper Trail event and just smashes everybody. And like he he had a crazy season that year. He he killed it. And you know all before he could even drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that that was pretty cool to witness. I mean he you know he he beat a lot of people that have been out here doing it for years. And and you know here he comes. Um, <laughs> And comes and destroys everybody. And your teeth in. And if you're that person that yeah. was secretly mad at him, you should be ashamed of yourself and eat some humble yeah, pie because probably, that's absolutely amazing. I'll probably give that kid money for his next entry <laughs> fee on top of what he already took from me because that's, that's super cool. And that was man. a national level event. That Was was that a KBF yeah. or? That's awesome. Yeah. Is he still KBF fish? Event. Uh, he, he still does not as much anymore, but, um, but yeah, he still gets around. I think I saw him down in Florida this year at the beginning of the year. He's probably like, dude, um, I got to finish school. This sucks. He was homeschooled. He really had the, he really had the gig. His dad would just drive him anywhere he wanted. I mean, he fished everywhere that year and, and traveled everywhere. And I mean, it was, it was just awesome to, to see that. And I mean, that really, like anybody watching that is like, can I get into it? Like, yeah, you can get it. Look what he just did. Like, yep. you know, he's 14 years old, jumps into it and, and comes out here and wins a tournament. And I, I don't, he may have won another tournament that year. If not, he did really good in, in a few other events that year. And he made, he made the, the KBFs, the 10, which, you know, he got in the top 10 of the point standings um, for, for the course of the whole year that year, um, which is like really hard to do. If I went out and stopped a bu- stomped a bunch of grown ups at fourteen, I still wouldn't be able to fit my head through a door. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think it's awesome that his parents were that supportive of him doing. I mean, to dri- drive him all over the place and and let him chase what what he loves. So yeah, anybody listening, watching, if you have kids that are interested and you're not, Casey just laid it out there. You sign an extra form. You know, get them involved. And I know local clubs locally, like Casey was talking about, we have the CKA, the CCKA, uh, Foothills, Queen City. Um, I was fishing a tournament on Falls, and uh, I think it was was CKA because Corey Dry was fishing. I met him at the ramp. We were talking a little bit. And there was a kid there, probably 14 or 15. His dad pulled up, helped him launch his boat, stood there and talked to him. And then uh, what was really cool was, you know, blast off with a kayak and his sort of like the same as a boat everybody kind of starts going it's still a little bit dark you have lights but all them older guys that were competing against him pretty much surrounded him with their kayaks and kind of led him out away from the ramp because of the boat tournaments and stuff taken out that's super so cool. it was like everybody in that community was like uh what's the word like community raising that kid yep. they they all pitched in takes a village sure, yeah it takes a village takes a village yeah they got him out there made sure he got out safe and yeah. uh, my understanding is a couple of those guys fished close to him just to make sure everything went good for him because it was i think maybe his first event it was it was cool so to hear to hear even at that national level like could you imagine well we're gonna see it this year some you got you got npfl has two kids what 16 16 year olds fishing do they really yeah 
16 or 17 year old kids fishing the MPFL. There's two of them. I'm going to wow. try to get one on. And, and it's like in Casey, where's it, you know, where does it end at? Right. So you got kayaks, you got bass boats, but I mean, if I'm looking at a youth division, I'm like, man, let's get some competitive paddle boat bass fishing going on. That way a parent can be with a young kid, right? Like that's the cool thing about the sport is there really are a lot of options to be competitive and fish at whatever level you want to fish at. And, and I think we've talked about it before, but the kayak industry has just opened the floodgates for so many people that they may not be financially in a position where they can go out and dump money into a boat or like you, they don't want to because they prefer fishing on a kayak. So really neat how the industry has grown in that aspect. And, and I think it's even going to get more interesting as we go along. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I really think it will. I mean, I've, I've thought about it before and I mean, think, think about how many people were out here watching, watching the, the elite series on, you know, online, every time they have an event, do all those people have bass boats or are all the, are there a lot of those people that just go on the bank and fish, you know, they, yep. they, they have, there's such a huge market. Um, like you said, not everybody can necessarily afford that or wants that, but like there, there's so many people that can go get, uh, a three, four, $500 kayak and actually get out on the water and and compete if they want to now um and i mean there's just so many more people that can do that than can go buy a boat and and get out on the water you know so so i really think you had mentioned earlier you know about the sponsors putting money in there and i I really think you're going to start seeing more and more of the sponsors doing that just because i just really think they they can I mean, they're reaching those people, I think, in the with the Elite Series and the bigger boat events, but they're not really reaching them, I think, because there's just there's such a huge um, monetary gap there. You know, it's it's so hard to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go spend. I mean, even if it's you know ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a boat, or, or you know, um, but but it, it's so hard for a lot of people, especially nowadays, to to think that they're gonna go do that, but. Yeah. But in reality, you know, a $500 kayak, a paddle, and, and a couple fishing rods, you know, they can be on the water competing and 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 competing at a high level, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And I think, yeah, I think that's all we got to say about that. So, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, well, is I that the talking, transition there? Yeah, I think it was awesome. All man. right, I mean, Forrest Gump. We, that's all I got to say. Yeah. yeah, you're right, Casey. There's just so much more cost associated with just buying a $20,000 bass boat versus buying a $1,000 kayak. Like, there's just so much more, and, and you're right. They reached a target audience that uh, it they can capitalize on that, and that's growing the market for sure. And it should be the next, like, kind of growth for the industry. It should be. I mean, we had, you know, bass you know, boating's huge. It grew during COVID again. And of course, bank fishing grew tremendously too, you know, with the, with the YouTube social media presence over the last, let's call it seven or eight years. And, yep. and I think kayak is the next thing for the next, you know, five to 10 years will probably be the, the next real big thing in bass fishing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Casey, we've, so we've talked about, uh, you know, your, uh, career to this point, what you got going on, I don't know if we talked about it, but you're fishing the the BSS uh, championship here coming up. Runs, uh, I think, at the same time as the classic. Um, how about uh, you know we're going on about an hour and a half, so you know let's uh, let's give you an opportunity. Why don't you plug your socials? Uh, and also, you know, this is a great time for you to to shout out any sponsors that uh, help you do what you want to do, and let the people know who uh, who support you. 
Yeah, so uh, it's Casey Reed Fishing on uh, Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, um, on TikTok, though I don't do a whole lot over there. But, um, yeah, Casey Reed Fishing just about everywhere. Uh, I love love the follow. Um, always try to put out some some good content, um, you know, some videos on YouTube, and always you know some reels and stuff, some pictures and whatnot of what I'm what I'm doing uh, on on Instagram and Facebook. But um, yeah, I mean the Old Town again. They've been with me the longest. Um, they've been they've been great. Um, I think it's been seven years now, and. And I just absolutely love everybody, everybody there at Old Town, and and I honestly, I wouldn't be where I'm at without them. Um, you know, Dakota Lithium, they they they're a huge support. They they really help support the the whole community, like you you had mentioned. Um, they're they're the main sponsor of of Bass now. They're they're the the AOI sponsor for the Bass Kayak Series. So I mean, they're really giving back to to all the anglers um cash and rods fish usa hummingbird mincota i mean yeah hummingbird mincota i kind of was able to get on with them through through johnson outdoors in old town like that's been great for me i've 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 been loving their electronics for i guess i've been using them for five or six years now and i mean i just I feel lost without them a lot of times, and they 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 help me out so much. Now now I got the the 360 and the live, um, just just great technology. And I've always been one that that has loved kind of computers and and technology and stuff. So that just fits right in hand, and that's why I've always you know as soon as I could get two of them on the kayak, I got two of them and added the 360, added the live as soon as I could. So. I mean, hopefully something else comes out new so I can try to fit something else out on the kayak as well. You want a set of wings next? You want that thing to fly? <laughs> no, that's awesome, Casey. Um, but uh, Catch, they make all of our measuring boards, basically all three tournament trails, use use all catch boards now. Um, again, they're ones that they, they make the trophies um, for, for bass, and I'm not sure if they make Hobie's trophies, but they make they make for bass and for KBF. Um, I mean, they just do a great job at at really supporting us as well. Uh, Afco, Loophold, Sniper Marine, and Carver Covers. You know, the, the, those are all my sponsors, and uh, you know, each of them help me out in a certain different way. And it, all their products are amazing. And you know, without them, I wouldn't be able to to really do what I did. So. I appreciate you giving me a chance to shout them all out. No, absolutely, man. We know we know how it is with uh, with chasing a dream and and uh, anybody that that's doing it uh, without sponsors is a a diamond or I don't know the needle in the haystack, the needle in the stack of needles, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> that's the the one in a million. There, there's about one guy I can think of that does it uh, without really any big sponsors. So it's it's important that you know you take some time to talk talk with us and and about what you have going on and, and, you know, what you've done and how people get involved. So we want to make sure that, uh, the folks recognize, uh, recognize that and make sure you go support those companies. If you want to see the, the sniper Marine that you talk about is really cool. Uh, cause they have a, a, uh, a turret for your uh, forward facing sonar that, that controls independently and all that. So, so definitely check them out. It's a cool product. Um, I think most of those companies will be at the classic along with us. Yep. Uh, if you're going to be, 
listening to this episode, we're here in Knoxville now, so make sure you <laughs> swing by and say hi. Yeah. Uh, Casey, you coming over to the Classic after you guys wrap up? or? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll definitely be there Friday. Um, hopefully, I'll be walking across the stage, but um, I'll definitely be at the Old Town booth um, and be wandering around. So, yeah, if uh, any of you guys are around, um, definitely holler at me. Give me a shout. Um, be happy to talk with anybody and answer any questions anybody has and and uh it'll be be great to meet all you guys and um yeah i'm looking forward to it heck yeah man we'll definitely we'll definitely link up while we're there again uh, anybody watching listening to this today 4013 at the knoxville convention center come say hi uh we'll have some uh some one cast podcast stickers we can hopefully get you set up with check out the snagless jigs we'll have a some some show deals going on with that and uh, make sure you swing by old town uh, i'm sure casey will be around cashing and uh mincota and all of them some too so uh if you see him uh he'll have uh, he'll have his jersey on you'll see the big read and make sure you go up and say hi let him know you listened and uh appreciate uh appreciate him coming on and, and spending some time with us today uh Man, Trey, anything y'all want to add today? Casey, tomorrow? appreciate you so much for coming on. I'm sure we will link up with the classics, so we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you, I guess, tomorrow because uh, this is airing on Thursday before the classics. That's, so, that's uh, right. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you guys get out in the water. Unless Trey's got something, you know, no, Lunker's one cast away. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad. It's a f- toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's gonna be a bad day.